When I first of all started learning Agile, there were a lot of misconceptions that I had. I was actually confused about the difference between Agile and Scrum. I really wasn't able to laser focus and understand what exactly it was and best practices and how to tailor the implementation of this whole Agile mindset. I was unable to clearly delineate fact from fiction. And I know many others, like me, may be struggling with that. So today, we're going to be taking a look at 10 common misconceptions in the world of Agile. Let's take them down one by one. Number one, thinking Agile is a methodology or framework. Agile is not a methodology, and it's not a framework. Rather, Agile is a mindset, and the best place to get started to understand what exactly I mean by saying it's a mindset is none other than the website known as agilemanifesto.org. So let's go to agilemanifesto.org, and I'm going to show you really quick what exactly Agile is, taking a look at the values and the principles in the manifesto. So in the Agile manifesto for software development, by the way, software can be replaced with products because a lot of companies use Agile these days, not just software anymore. So it reads, we are uncovering better ways of developing software by doing it and helping others do it. Through this work, we have come to value individuals and interactions over processes and tools. In other words, value people more than processes and tools. Working software over comprehensive documentation. But I would like to replace that word software to make it more robust and more applicable to a number of industries. Let's take out the word software and let's replace that word with the word product. So we're going to think of this as being working product over comprehensive documentation. In other words, we value a working deliverable, a working item over lots of documentation without a working product. A working product comes first. Now, I want you to take note, it's not saying instead of, it said over. So individuals and interactions over processes and tools, we value that we value working product, we value customer collaboration over contract negotiation, and we value being able to respond to change over following a plan. Just take a look at the likes of Blockbuster. Take a look at the likes of Kodak, Toys R Us, TM Lewin. It's an endless list of individuals and companies that will tell you they value being able to respond to change. This crazy pandemic, being able to respond to the marketplace conditions and things such as that. We value that over following a plan. That's really what that value is saying. So Agile is this mindset, my friends. It's this mindset. If you scroll down and you click on 12 principles, you can read through the 12 principles. And I've covered them quite a lot on this channel. But let's focus on number one. Our highest priority is to satisfy the customer through 
early and continuous delivery of valuable, again, replace the word software with product. So when you boil it down, the mindset is one of customer focus. It's one of customer, I call it hyper-focus. Because a lot of times when you're in the world of traditional or predictive and you hear some of these vendors or contractors talking about change orders and jubilating, oh, that's another one. That's that boat I was waiting to get. That change order is going to help me. Instead of focusing on the customer and collaborating to minimize cost, in some instances, there's a bad mindset of wanting to make change as difficult as possible. But that shouldn't be a mindset. You see what I'm saying? Mindset, agile is a mindset. All right, let's jump back into it really quickly. The next one says, agile Puritan mindset. Agile must be used alone. Someone says only agile should be used. It cannot be mixed with anything else. Don't blend agile thinking with anything else. It won't work. That's a myopic mindset. That's a myopic view. Agile can be used with predictive methods. Agile can be used with predictive ideas. However, we should do it smartly. We should tailor. We should combine. And in cases where we shouldn't, we should also be able to identify, oh, this is, this is going to be purely predictive. Or this is going to be purely agile. But agile should not necessarily always be used alone. Some people think it's either agile or nothing, and that's a bad mindset. That is not being agile in and of itself, because agile is about being able to adapt as necessary. Number three, some folks think using a daily scrum as a practice means you're being agile. That is a misconception. You could have a daily scrum and you could have a bad mindset, one of coercion, one of beating the team over the head, one of carrot and sticks, one of draconian rule. So just because you are naming some of your practices with agile names does not mean you are being agile. Some people are doing things in name only that sound agile, but they're not truly agile in their mindset. We don't want to be like that. Number four, the scrum master is like a project manager. I've heard this over and over again. People thinking, oh, scrum. When I get into it, I'm a project manager. I'll just switch. I just call myself a scrum master and off I go. No. Actually, in the world of scrum, in particular as a framework, there is no role called project manager. And it's for a reason. The Scrum Master is not like a project manager. The Scrum Master could be likened to a servant leader, someone who serves the team, someone who asks the question, how can I help you to remove these obstacles or these impediments or these roadblocks? So the Scrum Master is that individual who coaches the team to excellence in Scrum practices to do it well. Is that person who is a diversion shield for when there are distractions, someone who is a roadblock remover. That's the scrum master. Someone who is whatever the team needs, could be the team's shrink. If they're going crazy and need to vent, that's okay. Scrum master is there, vent to the scrum master. If the scrum master needs to be 
the pizza boy or girl, then so be it. They will go out and get that pizza for the team, feed the team, help the team, nurture the team, and create that environment in which the team can function to the best of their ability. That's what the Scrum Master is. So when we think about Scrum Master, it's important that we don't confuse this with a project manager. A project manager is a central figure. They're centralized leadership and centralized decision-making around the project manager, the scrum master, not so much. Instead, we like a dispersed approach, decentralized decision-making, decentralized leadership. Number five, another huge misconception is thinking of scaling into a big team of 10, 12, 20 30, well, since it works so well, let's just make it as big as ever. And that is a misconception because the first thing we want to do if we want to maximize our efforts is to descale. Could we descale, bring down the scope, reduce it, spread it out? That needs to be one line of thinking. A second line of thinking could be thinking about scaling using Multiple teams, one backlog. Multiple teams, one backlog. Difference between multiple teams, one backlog versus multiple backlogs, one team. That's going to make the team crazy. Now, if you have multiple teams, there are rules and guidelines and ideas to follow. And the simplest of them is a scrum of scrums, where a representative of each team meets at higher levels and higher levels to reduce the number of meetings. So look at Scrum of Scrums, especially if you have documentation such as the Agile Practice Guide. The Agile Alliance partnered with the PMI to write it. There's a good definition of the Scrum of Scrums in there. Recommend reading it. But a lot of times people find themselves scaling into a huge team and then It no longer is agile. It becomes chaos. Number six, there's a misconception that you don't do any documentation in agile. And that's a big, fat lie. Nothing is further from the truth. In the world of agile, documentation is one of the things that we require on some projects, especially when it's necessary. There's something we call the definition of done. And for many teams, the definition of done includes sufficient documentation. Now, note the word sufficient. We're not going overboard with documentation for being busy. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about just barely enough. What is just required, but not going overboard. There's a difference. So when someone says you don't do documentation in Agile, that's a big lie. Number seven, Scrum and Agile are the same thing. Scrum is a framework that is lightweight and used to solve complex problems with an agile mindset. Agile is the mindset that enables great Scrum practice. They are not the same thing. I just showed you the Agile Manifesto. Scrum is a framework, and the Scrum framework is based on the configuration of three five, three. There are three roles. There are five ceremonies that are formally recognized. There is one that is 
an informal ceremony, and they are three artifacts. So, before going any further, since we have mentioned it quite a bit today, let's take a look at what exactly Scrum is. The 3-5-3 configuration. So the three roles are the product owner, the Scrum master, and the team. The three artifacts are the product backlog, the sprint backlog, and the increment. Some people refer to it as the potentially shippable increment. And the five ceremonies are sprint planning, the sprint itself, daily Scrum, the sprint review, and the sprint retrospective. Now let's put a picture around what we have discussed so far. It starts off with the customer knowing that they need something. The customer has a mouthpiece known as the product owner. And the product owner works on putting all that the customers want into a product backlog. Now, wants and needs are different. Just because it's in the backlog doesn't mean it is required. So there's a difference. So we use the concept of user stories to create the product backlog. The product owner meets with the team and they meet in a ceremony known as sprint planning. Sprint planning is where the sprint backlog, which is a subsection of the product backlog, gets put together. The team decides what they're going to do within the sprint. The sprint in the world of Scrum, we look at it as an iteration of not more than four weeks. There's a daily Scrum, and I've talked about the daily Scrum already. The daily Scrum helps move the team forward. It is not a status meeting. It's a planning meeting. It's a meeting where we advance. It's a meeting where we identify problems. And outside of the daily Scrum, those meetings help us solve the problems outside of the daily Scrum. We could have smaller meetings. In the middle of the sprint, there will be backlog refinement to prime the backlog to better understand the requests and to get them to what we call a ready state. The increment at the end of the sprint will be derived. We will have a sprint review ceremony where we obtain feedback from the customer about the increment. We also work with the customer to identify if additional user stories are generated, could be used, could be put into the product backlog, but more than anything else, we want feedback. This is a good time to build trust with the stakeholders. Ultimately, we'll have a retrospective, and it's very different from our lessons learned in that in a retrospective, we look for one or two items, and those items are items of improvement. We make them smart goals, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-framed, and we endeavor to do these things in the next sprint if possible. It's not a must, but it's good practice. And this is a difference between a lessons learned and a retrospective. A lessons learned, you could go away without any actions for whatever next cycle you're working on. But in the retrospective, we look to improve. So we have these items. They're put back into the sprint backlog for the next sprint and we improve. So Scrum versus Agile, you've seen. Agile is the mindset. The Agile manifesto I showed you in the beginning. Scrum is a framework I just showed you. Number eight, comparing Agile to Waterfall and dismissing it entirely. Some folks compare Agile to Waterfall as if 
it's apples to apples. No, it's not. Waterfall, if you wanted to call it waterfall software development, yes, it has its place. Predictive project management has its place where we're dealing with enormous risk, potential loss of life, catastrophic outcomes if we do things the wrong way. Agile is not used for projects like that. So it makes sense to understand that predictive project management coupled with as many good agile practices baked in makes sense. So comparing agile to waterfall and saying, well, forget about waterfall, forget about predictive project management, it's hopeless. That is a myopic mindset. And again, that is not being agile in and of itself because agile always looks for the best mousetrap, best suited for the work. So a hybrid model, could be the best. Think about that. Number nine, there's no planning in Agile. I cannot count how many times people have said that. Oh, those Agile people, they're just cowboys cruising down the freeway, doing nothing, doing ad hoc random work. Again, nothing is further from the truth. You see, in the world of Agile, we actually plan a whole lot more than many folks do in the world of predictive, believe it or not. I'm going to show you very quickly the different layers at which we plan. So real super quick here, we plan at the strategy level. We get an overarching strategy. We plan at the portfolio level and at the product level and at the release level. Think about that for a second. We have visioning, chartering, product roadmaps, release plans. We plan down to the iteration level, an iteration plan. And not just that, the daily scrum is a planning event. We plan down to the day. So anyone saying, oh, in the world of Agile, there's cowboys. They don't plan. That's a big fat lie. Number 10, using velocity to judge and penalize a team. That is a cardinal sin in the world of Agile. Don't punish the team. Don't use velocity to be a draconian leader or ruler. Oh my goodness, that one definitely got me. Don't penalize the team, period. Secondly, definitely don't use velocity as a yardstick to compare team A and team B. That is a huge no-no. Now, there's reasons why velocity fluctuates. It could be capacity issues. It could be you're dealing with a copious flow of work. Maybe Scrum is not the thing for you. Maybe it's Kanban. Maybe it's DevOps. But using velocity for any reason to penalize a team is a cardinal sin. Don't do it. Instead, look to solve problems. Believe you hired adults and work with the team to help them solve their own problems. And then you get better ownership and better results. Research has shown that the most lasting results, it comes from self-organizing teams. The best architectures, requirements, and designs come from a self-organizing team. So don't judge the team using velocity. Instead, take a look at history, use empirical data and let them solve their own problems. Number 11, this is a huge, huge problem in many companies. Indiscriminately large lumbering 
scaling techniques. I call them wolf and sheep's clothing scaling techniques, because even though it's called an agile scaling technique, you take a look under the hood and you see a nightmare, a nightmare of various potpourri pieces of confusion threaded together under the auspices of being agile. And nothing is further from the truth. My advice to you is first try to descale and use simple approaches at first, like a scrum of scrums. I would also advise you to do this. I know a lot of folks think Ken and Jeff have done their bit and they should move out of the way. And that's a bad mindset. What am I talking about? The co-creators of Scrum. They both have different takes on scaling. And I would advise that you study what they have had to say about scaling. I'm not asking you to go take any certifications of theirs. I am not affiliated with any of the organizations. But common sense suggests if you want to scale what someone produced, find out their take on it. So I encourage you to take a look at Scrum Inc. Take a look at Scrum.org. And on the side of Scrum.org, take a look at the Nexus Guide. Actually, look for my video. I'm going to endeavor to put it in the comments below. Look for my video where I cover the Nexus Guide. Because Ken's company has a certification called the SPS, Scale Professional Scrum, that's based on the Nexus Guide. I would highly advise you to read it and understand that it doesn't have to be complex and crazy to scale Scrum. It doesn't have to be. All right? So take a look at that. Read it. Do some studying and understand, I definitely do not want you to fall into this trap of indiscriminately large, lumbering, blumbering, scaling techniques that shouldn't even be called agile they should be called something else if you've been around long enough you know what i'm talking about don't fall into the trap of indiscriminate scaling using these wolf in sheep's clothing techniques finally agile in name only there's some companies who say oh i see what agile is it's just the same thing we do We'll call our lessons learned a retrospective. We'll call our status meeting a daily scrum. We'll call our Gantt chart a roadmap. <laughs> no, but it, it will amaze you that there are some organizations that do that. They are agile in name only. It's a huge mistake. To be agile, you need to think agile. All right. I hope you enjoyed this. Let me know your comments. What other major errors have you seen in people's or companies, entire companies' approach to Agile? I'd really like to know. If you can share with me in the chat, I'll really appreciate it. You take care and talk to you soon.